Welcome to a awesome new interview podcast with an amazing cast today, starting off with Paige Niederinghouse. Hello, everyone. And we have three guests today. It's incredible. Let's just go from what I'm seeing on the screen. Let's start off with Matt Carroll. Hi, I'm uh, Matt Carroll. I'm a developer advocate on uh, the React team. Awesome. And pronouns are he, him, right? That's right. Awesome. All right. How about you, Evan? Yeah, I'm Evan Bacon. I'm the manager of developer tools and the web platform at Expo. Pronouns are he, him. And I forgot mine. Mine are he, him. And Rachel? Hey there. I'm Rachel Neighbors. Uh, You might remember me from back when I was on the the React team, too. I worked on ReactNative.dev and React.dev alongside our illustrious React crews. Awesome. And Paige? Oh, and pronouns are they then? Awesome. And Paige, you are she, her. Yes, she, her. Sorry, forgot that. That's okay. That's fine. Okay. So we are here to talk about a lot of the recent controversy in the React space and this whole idea that, well, we have two Reacts now somehow. So I'm just going to open it up to the floor. Do we have two Reacts? And if we don't have two reacts, then why, do the, why does the community seem to think we have two reacts? Is our two reacts a problem? I, I think um, this is a byproduct of, I think, how the React team has been explaining React for uh, a little while now. I think we've gone off and worked on server components for quite a while and about a year ago started uh, pushing for the community to adopt server components because we, we thought they were ready. And um, I think... The two reacts that, uh, you know, the blog post that uh, Dan put out there and a lot of the discourse um, is trying to explain how server components work and how you span the client and the server. And I I don't think it's, strictly speaking, two reacts, but it's a way of thinking about um, reacts and how it's moving from from the client to the server and trying to leverage the best of the server and the best of the client. in a easy to use, hopefully easy to use way, and um, uh, uh, an excellent developer experience over what we've used in the past, where you have to have two different languages, two different, completely two different setups on the server and the client, and figure out how to have them talk to each other. Man, I have so many questions about that. Uh, I I'm gonna play the every the the everyman uh, out there who has access to the React uh, Galaxy brain through documentation and tweets uh and that is that is the role i'm going to play in this series pardon this one episode please don't turn this into a series (laughs) i don't think i don't think we'll survive uh um it's interesting Uh, evan i i know that from the react native perspective it's always been client side is there a server side story for react native server side story for react native um I'd say it's it's like even further client side than normal client side because client side React DOM it still comes from a server and then executes whereas traditional React Native right it, it can be bundled ahead of time and embedded in the binary so you could have completely offline experiences where where there are no network requests um, and actually server components kind of play into that even further because if you think about them more as like serialized components and the, the the parts that never have to fetch or revalidate, those are also, uh, you know, run ahead of time and embedded in the binary, um, which would actually be pretty sweet because there's there's so much uncertainty with the runtime. You know, it could be any sort of Android device, no no sort of web specification. And so there's a lot of uncertainty about like how that JavaScript will evaluate on the device, 
But if you evaluate it at build time, then you know you just know that there are so many elements to your app, everything that isn't changing or moving, that um, you know just works. So that yeah, good I love that. I, I, no, I think it's actually a fantastic <laughs> answer uh, because it kind of illuminates the fact that we could actually use RSCs. Even even though the name says React Server Components, but we could potentially use them in a React Native app, and I don't think most people know that. That that that's that's crazy. That's awesome. I mean, it, it, it kind so, of says that we're not in the two React world. We're actually in the one React world. But that it, there's yeah multi-dimensional React world. It's actually an equation. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a, a multiverse. It's a multiverse. We're in yeah. trouble. Yeah. Maybe they should be React serialized components. I would love that naming. And while we're at it, could we maybe use server? Could maybe be like use action? That that might also be pretty sweet. Um, yeah, I was talking yeah. to some people who worked on, on on server components and the the current implementation that people can use, and they were like, just between us, you should make you should make it configurable, like change what, what the directive name is, which would be a a fun nightmare, I think, for yeah. library maintainers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing stopping you from writing some crazy Babel config to do that, exactly. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, write a prepass. Um, yeah, and another aspect to React Native server components is that you, one of the most compelling features of React Native is the over-the-air update story, which currently works like one giant bundle, which gets sent over the air, and you know, it has this really aggressive kind of stale water validating caching policy. So with server components, you would be able to effectively break up and split up how your server or how your components and UI are rendered. Um, so if you have components which do have some sort of network request involved, you would not only be optimizing that network request, but you'd also be, um, you know, splitting up when the the components are run on device, which would be extremely exciting. If you just Google like server driven. UI or server-driven like apps, uh, you will see like articles from every major company, like you'll have Uber and Airbnb and Lyft, and like everyone uh, will talk about how they've implemented their own server-driven UI system or mechanism. Uh, so having a standardized system which accounts for really complex cases like streaming in the UI or rendering errors when certain components don't load, uh, I think these are going to be like pretty awesome on native. And maybe pushing that further, like uh, in the in the context, when you point React server components at native, it it works really nicely, very elegantly. So things like server rendering and uh, SSG, they don't really have a place on native. Like the way they work on web is that you you render out to HTML. Yeah, and there is no HTML on a native device, so. With RSC, you do have some sort of static representation. You could think of the RSC format as almost like HTML for a native React browser. Like if if the browser could just load RSC and you know web crawlers could just scan RSC, then you wouldn't need HTML. So with React Native, you, you do have that opportunity where you could say, all right, load the RSC file format directly. And now you do have some mechanism to do things like SSG and SSR and crawling semantic representation. And you could take that even further and create hydration errors on native, something we've never had before. <laughs> are you sure you want to live in that world? <laughs> I, I don't know, but uh, it's the world we are you know, racing towards. Is it though? So we, 
can as a potential as a developer, can I actually expect that at some point React Native will actually have RSC support built into it? Within our lifetime, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think we with Expo will probably roll out a beta or a demo um, in May, sometime around May. That's, that's a really, really ambitious. My, I'm wow. hoping that's within my lifetime. <laughs> and and uh, you already posted a really cool demo, what, like six months ago or, or so. Um. Yeah, yeah. Um, that one was super basic, and I, I rolled just like my own version of, of client references. Uh, but there, there are a lot of elements to server components. Server components enable tons of functionality. Like, if, like just use client on its own is a, a fantastic mechanism for bundle splitting and indicating where the bundle is split. And that on its own is kind of difficult to implement, especially in the context of native. Uh, so you, there's that. And then there's also, you know, with native, it's really difficult. <laughs> there's no fantastic pipeline for taking data that lives on the device that you're building the app and putting that inside of the application. Like historically, you could maybe do strings, like you know, tiny values with things like environment variables. But to be able to do things like uh, you know, just pull in Node.fs and read your file system and then render that to React components, um, it's a huge uh, you know, new uh, possibility for native developers. So uh, a lot of different features and functionality that need to be added. And there's also just a bunch of assertions. I think it is actually from this two React world where you have client React components and server React components, there are a lot of assertions that are required for that history. So one that I like stubbed my toe on recently, um, that I just, I mean, it makes sense when you think about it, but I just didn't know is that you can't use class components in server components. And this is because they have like, you know, intricate stateful properties and interactivity that can't be statically analyzed. So that API just isn't there. Um, but other APIs, like for instance, use state, which you kind of obviously can't use in server components. I don't know if that's obvious, but it is slightly more obvious than the class components one. <laughs> Um, those are easier to assert because as you do the first pass, the render pass, you can see, okay, this doesn't exist, throw a pretty useful error. But class components, much harder to assert. So you need to build like special AST parsing in to account for stubbing your toe on things like using class components. And these are like not documented anywhere that you just have to <laughs> just experience have to know. it. Yeah, you just yeah. have to know. That brings us to another interesting question. Um, the documentation or lack thereof around um, React server components. The last time I was working on React's documentation, we were really excited because we just moved the docs over to React.dev and we were teaching React from a hooks first perspective. And I remember hearing from the team, well, next we're going to have to teach server first. It's going to be our, our next big challenge. And I was like, good luck with that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> pardon me for saying, I mean, it's, it's a lot. It it's a, it's a lot more difficult to teach than PHP. Let's put it that way. Um, you know, it's not easy to teach server and client side at the same time, um, especially with so many metaphors getting mixed up over the generations of tech people. So, what is the plan? Um, when are we going to, or why don't we have the uh, the same sort of experience with React server components that we did with switching to hooks? And how, how is this differing from that, which was like the last big sea change? Yeah, I think the the biggest area is that ser like with server components, it's it's not just isolated to React. You can't uh, just 
import React and use server components. Um, there's a huge bundler and and router component that um, we've said if you're you're starting fresh, like you should be using a framework, um, and that's why because we think this to use. React on the server properly, you need a framework to, to actually handle routing and bundling for you. And um, those are very hard problems. And we're, we're working with uh, frameworks and, and bundlers to try to make that happen. And I don't know if we've actually said this publicly, but like we would like bun more bundlers to add support for server components and actually commit their like a, a plugin of sorts, a package to the React repo so that we can make sure things don't break. Um, you know, we have this dependency problem where um, we need for bundlers to commit to not breaking RSCs and RSCs need to not break bundlers. So we have this <laughs> chicken and egg problem. And uh, the way we're trying to get around that right now is to, to actually have the bundler um, submit a package to the React repo and we can run our tests there. And then we just need a commitment from that bundler, you know, not not to break that uh, that code until they, they hit a major version, really. So... Um, that's one of the the hard problems we're dealing with on on the framework with like frameworks and bundlers so i think that, that that's one example of the many uh, like differences between this and hooks hooks were completely self-contained with react within react um the react team controlled everything you know the react code base controls everything that you need to interact with so actually getting started with server components requires a framework and um you know we've worked quite a bit uh, last year on the documentation for frameworks and for users who are already using a framework. But I think um, we're still figuring out a lot of conventions. I think something we, the React team, like we, we may not have done the best job of is is communicating what we're sure about and what we're not sure about. And what we're, we're pretty sure about is this is working in this space between the client and the server is something that's very, very important. And we really want to push the industry forward on when it comes to the details and the nuance and some of a lot of the issues that, that Evan just went through. We don't know, um, you know, some of those things, maybe the, the community can step up with some libraries or maybe another framework will will unlock a new approach and everyone will go with that. Maybe it's some changes React needs to make. Maybe React has overstepped a little bit and we should pull back on some APIs that we've developed and let the frameworks handle that. So it's it's a very it's a very it still feels very new to me. And it's still there's a lot of problems uh, that we haven't worked out. But I think the the part that really makes me feel good that this is the direction we're going is what the people that I've talked to that have fully bought into to server components actually tried them out and and done things the react server component way have n I've, I haven't met anyone that really wants to go back um, once they've fully kind of gotten that the, the server component model in their brain because there's just so many advantages to being able to leverage the server with what the server is best at and the client what's the, the client's best at and yeah there's a lot of friction and a lot of problems to solve but we we're really confident that something that looks like server components is the future. Um, we, we still got a lot of work to do, though. So let me ask you this. Since you're driving people towards using the frameworks instead of just straight React out of the box, I know that Next.js, for instance, came out with a really big tutorial learning section to help people get familiar with the routing and understand the app folder structure and things like that. So does the React team review those documents? Do they give feedback? Do they help help the frameworks to make these ex explanations and educational content to help people understand how to use it correctly? Uh, the the next team has like asked me and some other folks on the React team to review things occasionally. I I wouldn't say we're uh, 
you know, we're, it, it wasn't like I wrote any of that documentation or anything <laughs> like that. It isn't a, a super close relationship there. But generally, um, we're, we're working with as many frameworks as I have time for to talk to, um, to try to figure out what is the best way to move server components forward when it is documentation, documentation, when it's changes we need to make, it's changes when it's uh, the next major version of React, it's the next major version of React. Like uh, it, there's there's a lot of different moving pieces and a lot of feedback that we're, we're trying to gather and make sure we account for in, as we move forward. So um, it's if, if there are any other frameworks that want help or want, want to talk to me, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm, my DMs are open on Twitter. Um, I really want to make sure we get this right and are solving the right problems and giving frameworks and bundlers and routers the right right tools to um, implement server components in the right way. Are there any other frameworks besides Next.js we should keep our eyes open for? Yeah, I mean, Remix is, uh, you know, publicly stated they're going to be uh, working with server components. Um, it sounded like Evan was hinting at something that maybe we'll hear about later. Um, there's, uh, I've been talking with the Redwood team a little bit and quite a few, uh, you know, uh, uh, frameworks that are out there that that are kind of I think more in the experimental phase, which is really cool and really helped me personally learn a lot about frameworks and the problems that w that they're dealing with. Um, so I, I think there's a lot that's going to be coming uh, this year. Yeah, there's yeah. Jikato's Waku. Yeah, that, I was about uh, yeah. to say. I, I'm afraid to say the name because I'm not sure the pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, right. the you never book. know. Yeah, <laughs> Waku is really great. Fantastic work on that library. And yeah, the Candy Co team and, and Daishi are doing some great work over there. Yeah, well, one thing I'm working on um, is trying to get together a lot of different frameworks that want the same thing. So um, Waku, um, Redwood, and Remix are all interested in Vite for, 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 to be their bundler. So um, that's something I'm trying to cobble together to, to get an effort going that where we could have a um, React Server DOM Vite package that all of them could use. So um, figuring out, uh, you know, what the right boundaries are, where the right code is, and uh, the right people to work on it. Um, it, it. It's a large, complicated problem, and that's that's I think the currently the 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 blocker for a lot of these frameworks. So that's what I'm looking into right now. Oh man, that would be awesome. I mean, I personally love Vite. Uh, I think I think the developer world would be really excited to hear that. So you heard it here first, folks. No, I'm kidding. I'm sure this has been talked about before. Well, there's also PartyKit, which did something recently. It was a very interesting. I think it was Waku PartyKit thing where they were basically kind of shooting RSC data from one client to another to do to keep it in sync in real time, which is crazy and awesome. And I, I get I kind of the my question around this is. So we had the only way that they can do that is that RSE support is baked into the React core itself, right? And so we're seeing that 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 kind of nugget of of RSE in there, and then all these these frameworks and cool things like PartyKit are are leveraging that. And I, I think there's a, the, what I see is a lot of pushback is you know why is it in there in the first place? And I guess. You know, my question is, well, I got, oh, my thought is, well, it has to be. But is that your thought as well? It's kind of like, you know, we it kind of has to be there. You don't need to use it necessarily, but it has to be there in order for us to get Next.js and Remix and Redwood and all the rest to be able to leverage that. Is that the case? I'm not sure I quite understood the question. I mean, there does, <laughs> see, see, there does need to be things in Re React Core to actually 
grab an RSC payload and figure out what to do with it. Um, so right. that part is there. Um, I, I, I like. I don't see another way to do it. If there's some right. other options, I, I would love to hear them. But I, yeah, I think <laughs> that's the case. Yeah, there's just so much such pushback in the community about why are you using canary builds? Why you know why why you know, and and I guess like the point is like you can use the canary with Vite right today and just use spa style rendering. It's not didn't hurt anything to bring in RSE support, right? It's there, but you don't need to use it if you don't want to use it. It's just there to enable this cool stuff. Yeah, I think with the the canary the the, the canary part is. Uh, a function of the, that we want like frameworks to adopt uh, and and like have something to work with besides the nightly releases and um, there's a lot of feature flags and React as you could kind of might imagine so the the canary is is essentially a release of React with the right flags flag, flags flipped um, to for frameworks to to try out what uh, what they need to, to actually build server components um, if you could think about you know how with that versioning problem I was telling you about with bundlers, it's it's a similar problem where the frameworks need to have the right version um, and the right features to build off of and distribute that to their users in the right way. But that's you know something a framework can choose to go you know a different path. They could choose to build off of a stable version. Um, the canary is there for frameworks who do want uh, to adopt uh, this release train as we put forward as as Next has wanted to do. Yeah, are there any plans to um document or outline like fundamental aspects of of the bundler like of a bundler that is mm. kind of prime for server components because what i've been seeing like is, a spec yeah kind of like a spec or even you know just anything and write any text down and put it on the <laughs> internet please uh but what i've been seeing is a lot of um you know, like a lot of the ideas that i see with turbo pack and what i've seen with metro you know they kind of come from like things like haste, you know, the, the bundler that Facebook uses internally. Um, and it, it bundles in, it, it has some very unique kind of characteristics and aspects to it, like incremental bundling and lazy evaluation and like multidimensional graphs. Um, and, and these are like bundlers would have to change certain fundamentals in order to line up with these. And, and then those I think are then pretty well aligned with server components. So I, like maybe that would be helpful. I'm not sure. Is there? Yeah, yeah. Are you, your thoughts were very similar to mine when I was first ramping up on server components. I asked the team, like, what can we make a spec, a bundler yeah, spec like, of some kind? And what's the reference if, implementation here? Yeah, if there's an mm -hmm. API reference, like a standard or like some sort of spec for bundlers, I think that would have been the ideal place to go with. But I think, well, as you've mentioned, there are different. Like Next has some, or Turbo Pack has some different ideas for what a bundler should look like than. You know, Vite and some others. So uh, we we don't want to get in the way of bundler innovation on the React side. And I would like to think that we've um, left plenty of room for different bundlers to implement the way things that they want to do them. Um, Devin actually just like last week uh, published a PR on the React repo to add parcel support, like initial parcel support, and is looking into that. So um, there's some very different things from parcel for for how they do dependency tree graphs that I, I don't understand. I'm not definitely don't understand uh, understand parcel as well as I'd like to. Um, I don't, and I would, uh, you know, if Devin, if you're listening, um, let me know if you have any trouble. I'd love to help help out where I can uh, if there are any issues. But I think we don't want to mess with like a bundler spec right now. We don't want that to get in the way of server components actually getting out there. But um, 
I would love to work towards that. Um, I personally am not a bundler expert, but uh, I I think that's something I would want to look towards later, especially as we start to solidify what the server component API looks like internally. Because right now we essentially have internals of React that have to integrate with the bundler. And that's why we have, we recommend on the Canary if you're, um, you're a framework to pin to a commit hash because the, bun the internals of React necessarily have to change um, as we move forward. And that means we have to change with the bundler. So that's the reason for donating, uh, like having the, the actual bundler plugin package be inside the React repo so we can run tests and make sure we don't break it as we change the React internals. Seems like there's a, a lot of moving parts right now going on under the surface. Uh, we've heard rumors about working groups in the community uh, that people may or may not be participating in. How is the React team engaging with not just developers, but also with like framework authors and bundler builders? What's the story there? Yeah, I, um, I, I joined the team about a year ago and there were, there's, you know, already the React 18 working groups, which I, I from everyone I've talked to is, has gone very, very well. Um, and I think that's something would like to emulate. We, um, there are some uh, communications that we have with other frameworks where they can provide us some you know, more candid feedback and a little bit uh, we can um, also you know tell them our vision and what we're hoping to do. I, I would like generally as a developer advocate to make things as open as we can. So I'm hoping to move things more into a direction where we have more public communications about this and include more people. Um, I don't have anything to share yet. There's been a lot of work as far as uh, just documenting what the React team is doing. When I joined uh, about a year ago, literally no one was writing down what we were working on. It was just we'd meet and then talk about what was going on. So we're, we're just starting to implement <laughs> things like, what projects are we working on? Who's working on them? Oh, someone isn't working on that. Oh, it shifted to something else. Like So uh, we're starting from a very low bar here, um, and I'm trying to work my way up to having something to say externally, like, and sharing a lot of the work tracking that I'm, I'm starting to do now externally. Um, there is a really interesting balance here um, with how much, we, how much is good overall for the project and the community for, for how much we share. Um, you know, server components, I think we may have gone too far in the direction of keeping things internal and not waiting until we felt like things were ready and then talking about it. I think we could have maybe talked a little bit more earlier and it might have helped the direction. But there, there also needs to be some place for the React team itself to experiment a little bit. And I've seen some pushback on this, and I pushed back on this initially when I heard it too, because it didn't sound right to me. But with the you know user base that we have with React and how many eyeballs we have on it and how many different projects interact with it, if we just say we're trying this, um, it can shift a huge amount of work. And we've I've seen this I've seen evidence of this in the past now that I've looked where. We'll say we want to go in one direction and then an entire framework builds up around it and the community and users. And then we say, ah, actually, we can't go in that direction because of all these reasons. And everyone's agrees that's the right way to go. But now we've rug pulled an entire framework, an entire part of our community. Um, and that's something that I'm very cognizant of as we move forward and as I try to expose as much uh, as we can on the React side um, so that when we do communicate large, big changes that that we don't do it in a way that's kind of rug pull people we don't and we do it in a way that we're doing right by our partners and the people who choose you know chosen to build on top of react as a foundation and that, that's something that i've seen from everyone i've talked to on the team and and i too take take very very seriously yeah it's easy when you've got a small user base and people don't really hinge their entire applications or their businesses off of your framework but when you have 
as much sway as the React framework does, I can see how that would be potentially an issue of debuting something before it's really fully baked enough to say, yes, it's going to stay. It reminds me of a story from CSS times when uh, iOS Safari used to introduce uh, new standards under vendor prefixes just to make uh, Steve Jobs happy for release day. That's how he got CSS animations with its not so great syntax. Uh, and it was always, oh, it's under vendor prefixes. You know, we'll standardize it and remove them later. Became industry standard and now we're stuck with it. Um, they literally wrote the CSS uh, animation specification to make uh, a stakeholder happy and then it had was adopted so widely that we are stuck with it. It became standardized. So I see where that fear is coming from. It's very real that even just the merest whiff of an experiment that might be completely a bad idea or might not pass, might not cut the mustard in Meta's extensive testing and edge case sniffing out, which React goes through like crazy internally. Um, it would be terrible to let something like that out into the wild and have people depending upon it. And then you have to maintain it. But at the same time, you can't stifle that innovation, right? And so there's, there's, it's a, as Matt said, this huge balancing act there that you want to make sure that, and I, I think it, you all have done an amazing job. I mean, RSCs are incredibly innovative. I think what, what we're seeing in Forget, you know, is that's incredibly innovative as well. So it's, it's pr really impressive that a project with the size and community base of React is as, innovative as it is yeah it has shocked me joining the team in the last year how willing people are to throw away years worth of work because they think it's the right thing to do um, that has been baffling and also incredibly freeing only on the react team <laughs> no it's genuinely amazing the amount of work that the react team can do and then undo because it wasn't the right direction i've never really seen a, a team working on an open source project in quite this way before it's kind of magical so I have to I have to wonder, we've talked a little bit about how different frameworks are approaching trying to build RSCs into their support and make them part of the story. But what about service providers? I know that Vercel is, I think, the first class service provider for RSCs. Are there any others that you're working with that are trying to also support it that, you know, don't maybe get as much press or are just people might not be as aware of? Uh, we've very intentionally distanced ourselves from that relationship when it comes to hosting providers. Um, Next.js happens to be maintained and owned by Vercel, who has done a lot of work to implement, uh, employees of theirs have done a lot of work to implement server components, but the relationship between the React team um, is between the React team and Next, not the React team and Vercel. Um, you know, React is, I think much more multi-company than most people realize. We have, you know, about 60 folks dedicated to React at Meta, but um, and maybe I, I I would have to go look at the website for the latest numbers, but it's like a couple dozen that are actively involved in in the the React the the package that runs on React Native and on the web and everything, um, and then a handful of people from Vercel, but also a handful of people from a wide variety of companies. You know, um, Sophie uh, just. Uh, I forgot where she was working before, but she's at Notion now. Um, uh, Sebi, I forgot where he's, there's, like it doesn't even come up in these meetings, like where people work. Um, you know, it's all about what what's best for the project and, and how we can work with the parties that we need to work with, which which is the frameworks. So um, I've, 
you know, I, I don't know much about the hosting business, but I anticipate whatever frameworks support RSEs like should be well supported across hosting providers, but that's not, not something that we're really thinking about. And in fact, we're actively, we don't want to get caught up in that business because React is a big project. We don't want to say, yes, this is, you know, there's commercial interests and all sorts of weird things. And we want to stay away from that. And we want to be focused on how can we actually make React better? The um, the Webpack implementation is pretty coupled to like the Edge runtime, Winter CG, and the, the various flavors of that. Like if you open the package JSON, you can see the exports, and then that indicates which service providers it it is kind of you know optimized for. That's and, in Webpack. Uh, well, so inside of like you know Facebook slash React, there is the Webpack oh, I, oh, plugin. Oh, got, got it, got it, got it. And okay, yeah. That instead of there, there's the package exports. You can see like which runtimes are, um, are kind of most cleanly supported. Yeah, I, I mean, there necessarily has to be some connection somewhere. Like, I'm not saying it doesn't. It's it's like we're trying to not make it easy to run on different platforms and different hosting providers. But that's not something we discussed internally. On like when we're talking about React, we're talking about how do we make React better and how do we support the frameworks that that we're working with. And we're not talking to people at Vercel of like, how do we get it to deploy better? Um, if there's things that come up that where we, there does need to be a change in React to make, to have some, you know, be compatible with some deployment standard or something. I'm like, I'm sure we talk about that, but that's not something we really think about. That's not a, a goal of the project to be like compatible, like work with a bunch of hosting providers. Uh, this is like, I, I think... like this, I'm, I'm probably not answering this question terribly well because I like, this is not something that's been a thought in my brain since I joined, uh, just like thinking about hosting providers outside of just trying to get demos working. <laughs> and you do need uh, some collaboration on the server side when you're working to build for the server side. One of the things that I've heard though, and you know, looking at the uh, GitHub repos bears it out, uh, is that two very prominent React core team members went to work at Vercel, Sebastian Mark Boge and um, Andrew Clark, and they are still like the top two of three contributors month over month to the React repo. And, you know, they have internal conversations at Vercel, and some of the shots fired sound a bit like, doesn't that give one provider a, pref a preferred relationship and direct line into the team, and do they have access that other people aren't getting? Um, whether or not that is true, I no one here could speak to that. Well, hosting providers lead. are encouraged to um, communicate actively with the Vercel team and, and tell them what they're working on. You know. Wait, hosting providers? Well, yeah. So, like, if you work on maybe like a, a React framework at a company that has a hosting provider, you if you want to like learn what's going on with server components, you are encouraged to ask the React team at Vercel. I'm sure it comes up at the yeah. the water cooler when you're back to office. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it comes up. Yeah. Um, um, and I think that some developers are starting to get a little worried as developers are terribly sensitive to anything that feels like they are being herded as we all know, um, from working with project managers and violently react, re rejecting their abil the abilities to add order to disorder. Um, there, there's a fear that I hear of, am I getting locked in to just one service provider, just one stack? And do I want that? And I'm wondering, Matt, if, I mean, if there, there are relationships perhaps that are unseen or a plan for working groups or, building standards that make it easier so that people can not have these fears. 
Yeah, I, I think um, on the React Native side, we've done a much better job of managing relationships with, between React and React's partners. Um, and that's something I'd like to ship a lot more onto the, the, the web side of things. I think it is a little bit harder just because the web community is much more focused on individuals and and how they work and, and how they interact with projects. And, and that's what you've seen yeah, with, with, with Seb and Andrew in particular, like you mentioned. Um, I'm less worried about um, the current like relationship with Vercel and more and and Next.js and more worried about the fact that you know we don't have a lot of other RSC frameworks that people are comfortable using in production. So that's the problem I'm focused on, and it does involve relationships. And I don't I don't have anything to share as far as like what a formal you know partnership React partnership would look like program would look like, but that's something I'm thinking about and would like to implement in like in the not too distant future. I don't know like how that's actually going to work. And I'm, I'm talking with people about what that could look like. Um, and I am talking to as many frameworks as I, as I mentioned, as many frameworks as I can about implementing server components. And I think that's the right focus here because I think that's going to help us get move server components forward the best way that I know how of like, we're going to get more feedback. We have more perspectives, you know, Remix has a very different philosophy than, than Next.js does, especially when it comes to things like caching and uh, their philosophy with, you know, how to use web browser APIs. So we're talking with them and figuring out a lot of things that work and don't work and a lot of different approaches that we could take, um, you know, bundlers I already mentioned of like, there's a lot of for us to learn and figure out there. Um, so those are the kinds of problems I'm working I think folk, and I think that the problem that you mentioned of of like only having one RSE framework that that people choose by default will will kind of solve itself. Yeah, it seems very much like a problem of the moment. The same way that we had like when hooks came out, folks were like, "Oh, I loved React until you know we got hooks. It was terrible." Blah blah blah. blah. And then some really great hooks came out, like React Query and the rest of it, and kind of built on top of that ecosystem. Be like, "Oh yeah." It's not so bad. I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of grooving on this, and you know when we start to see, as you said, right, remix and Redwood and and Waku and, and you know coming out with not just like different implementation, like different implementation, like different takes on how to use this kind of core functionality. I think people will be like, oh wow, okay, it's not too bad. Like you know, similar similar to the way that they were the hooks. Yeah, and there, there's also a bunch of different, even not framework related projects that are, I think, pushing the boundaries. Um, you know, I think J- Jacob, if I'm, I'm not going to pronounce their last name right, but like they have this really cool federated RSE project where you could take RSE payloads from one server and render them in another and uh, move them all over the place. So I, I'm very excited, and especially like in Devon's, you know, experiments with Parcel, like there's just a very different philosophy there. So. I'm incredibly excited from what I've seen um, in the last few months as far as different ideas, and I'm cannot like I cannot wait to get to the end of the year and like see what what has worked out, what hasn't, and and all the things that we've learned together. Oh Matt, I wish you'd put together like an alternative punk React uh, newsletter <laughs> that people could like catch up on every week. You know, here's all the stuff you didn't hear about React. It's just really week. cool and fun, and you know, don't worry about don't believe the hype. This stuff is cool. Yeah, I'm in. I read that. Subscribed and liked. 
the way you were setting that up made it sound like this already existed and it was about to be plugged. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For only nineteen ninety nine, you two can switch. And everyone's like, I've got one, I've got my you know, I've got like RSCs being built, you know, automatically into my package and you know, deployed uh, you know, on the native. It's wild cool. I mean, this does bring me back to like my final question that I have in the back of my mind, which is I feel like people today, instead of being able to go to react.dev and learn what they need to learn to feel like they, they understand server components, they're doing what they did when I first joined the team, which is they read Dan's tweets and blogs, or they have to read through the GitHub notes. And that is kind of scary. It makes it feel more like that's privileged knowledge. And I know that server components um, aren't quite baked yet, but are there any plans to canonize more of this information so that people don't have to know the secret knock and where to go? Because a very small portion of people actually go on Twitter and read Dan's tweets. The vast sum of React developers, they are just going to documentation and working off other tutorials that they find in the community. Yeah, I, I think I'll, I'll zoom way out and say, like, I think my job as a developer advocate is to help the React team tell their stories and bring the feedback in from the community to the React team so that we can we can make React better. So um, there's a bunch of different ways to do that. And, you know, one of them could be drop everything and write the docs um, you know, or a bunch of blog posts or videos. Um, I'm I've picked a couple things in in the short term for me to focus on to try to solve that problem. Um, the first is we just announced um, React Conf, so get to, I'm going to plug that here. Um, yeah, you know, I think okay. that's nice. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. Just started talking about the content that when will is be, it? Uh, well, it, uh, May 15th and 16th. Um, it'll be uh, we're going to announce uh, or we'll uh, start signups for the ticket lottery next week if you want to join in person and we'll have uh, a CFP coming next week for a call for proposals if you want to talk at ReactConf. Um, we'll also have a free live stream if you can't make it out to uh, Henderson, Nevada. If, if uh, you went to ReactConf in 2019 in person, it's the same place there. So it's at the Westin. So very excited about that. So that I think, you know, we, we've made some mistakes in the past when like we went pretty hard last year in, on server components. And I think the reaction I think we've gotten from is like, oh, this is cool. And, you know, we've gotten a lot of interest. But also, since that was the only thing we were talking about, people have started to think that's the only thing happening with React. And there's a whole lot going on on the client side with React Native and interop there between the web and other native platforms that um, we haven't had a chance in a long time since 2021 to tell the whole story of React. And that's what I'm focused on in the short term here so that we uh, can tell every aspect and we don't pigeonhole on one and, and don't hopefully don't have the the situation we had last year where we, we over indexed on, on server components. So uh, that's, that's one way. The other way is um, as far as getting information back in, that's where I'm starting to talk to you know, what I hope to turn into, you know, react kind of partnership program and the people there. And, but uh, I want to take my time with that and figure out the best way to do it. Cause I don't want to do something official and then exclude some, miss somebody, exclude somebody, or have a process that doesn't work, or um, kind of mess up, mess up that balance between um, communicating externally and publicly, and um, having the space for for uh, you know the React team to experiment in private. So uh, those are the two areas that I'm working on to solve that problem space. 
Um, I, in some ways, I do wish I could drop everything and, and work on the docs. I personally am feeling an itch to code because I haven't gotten to do that much. And, and even writing docs, I feel like fills, fills that itch for me. But um, I think th those are the two things that I can do best to help solve that problem longer term. Um, maybe later in the year, I'll have some time to, to focus a little bit more on docs or, or some other gaps. But I, I think those are the two things that I, I really want to get done. Have you seen the uh, donut uh Art, donut components article yes i did that was the i was a while ago i think uh yeah and it, I mean, it was just a really good way of understanding composition which seems to be eluding a lot of folks and i wonder you know if in a way if it's like you could either bless that or yeah that's really that that you you nailed it there or like you know even actually ask the author like hey can we just kind of roll that in to our, you know, or massage it in a way, but roll it into our documentation because it is honestly it is a it, it it is a great way to think about RSCs and client components and how they interact. Yeah, I've uh, I've inherited uh, the most wonderful of problems from Rachel when, when she left the React team is that React Dev is just incredibly awesome and sets an incredibly high bar. So um, getting people ramped up on what it takes to write really good docs and um, you know just importing a doc. Uh, and figuring out where to f where it fits in the docs and the best way to communicate those ideas is um, a problem we spent the best part of last year trying to solve and making some progress on. There are a few PRs for um, pages as far in the learn uh, section of React.dev on server components that uh, I hope will be going out in the next month or two. Um, so we're not not working on it, but that's um, not something that I think will be a focus in the short term, but I, I definitely hope to pick it back up soon. Well, even if you don't have time necessarily to write out the new docs yourself or incorporate other people's well-written examples or tutorials, could would there even be a possibility of just linking to some of the better talks and articles that are out there? Because I know that in the past the docs have referenced specific frameworks for animations or data fetching or things like that and kind of given them not necessarily a blessing, but, you know, this is a good a good way to go about it, or they did a thorough job of testing a lot of different scenarios. So do you think that there might even be something like that that can just help people to get started if they come to the React docs but want to know more about RSCs in general? Yeah, that, that sounds like a great idea. I'll definitely take a look at that. Yeah, we have a community section where we link to, to all sorts of stuff. So yeah, that's a great idea. So uh, yeah, we're getting close to time, but I do, I do want to kind of ask a more broad question, and I, I guess it's for Matt and Evan. And where where do you guys see React going in the next three to five years? Well, I'm personally very excited for React Forget. Uh, like, I don't know. I, my philosophy, how I've observed React over the years is that when it came out, it was very React. Like, it was just so in your face about it. Like, you import React, you do, like, React.create element, React. and you use React to access the state. And then over time, it's it's become more and more true to like the language and the platform. And you're doing things like now you don't need to import React and folding away various aspects. And right now, if you think about you know, outside of server components, the handshake that you have to do to interact with uh, like promises, where it's like all right, use effect, set state, check if it's mounted. With async components, if there were like async client components, then you could just use async and await and React kind of folds away more and more. And with forget, you, you have similarly uh, places where you would have done memoization. Now, you know, React is kind of doing that behind the scenes. And I, I really appreciate that about React. It's why I've, I believe in it so like 
firmly is how how much it, it pays tribute and respect to the platform that it is running on. Um, so I imagine more and more projects like that um, will will keep people really interested in it for the, a longer time. Matt, how about you? Where how do you where do you see React going? Um, I, I would mirror a lot of what Evan said. I'm very excited for the future. I'm trying to think of what I can say that won't spoil our, <laughs> our nice, uh, conference in May, but I, I have never met a group of people that works inside a giant tech company that cares so much about making React good and the community. Um, I've been in DevRel for about 10 years, um, and a developer relations, if you're not familiar. Um, so, uh, and a lot of my time has spent sh- sharing with product and engineering teams what the value of a developer community is, why it's important, what it can bring you, and why it's worth investing in. I've not had to do that once since I joined the React team. Um, Everyone here is like going to conferences without talking to anyone and interacting with the community and making sure things are compatible. And we're like, it it is just shocked me in such an awesome way. um, And I've really enjoyed that. So I think if we keep focusing on making React good and the community here, like, uh, I think the rest will take care of itself. That's fine. That's awesome. Yeah. React is, I, I, I mean, I'm very biased towards React Native, but I am super excited about uh, just the, all the opportunity and potential with React Native. Like, right after this call, I'm going to go wait in line, pick up the Vision OS. Oh, and yeah! The first nice. thing I want to do with it is run server components on it. Like, I am I'm just eager to try running React in new places and doing new things with it uh, because it, you know, unlocks so many, so many like, capabilities. And um, so, yeah, mixing and matching it with, with everything else is, is great. And I love the way that, yeah, it just honors the platform. So I know that when I get this new platform that I've never used before, if I run React on it, it will bind to the native views of that platform, and I can... You know, make something that is both, you know, true to vision, and then also enables all this functionality of like data fetching and rendering and, and reconciling that uh, React provides. Yeah, and what other framework could you take that Vision OS stuff and <laughs> use part and pieces of that same code base on a web app or in an Electron app on your desktop? I mean. I think when people think about the controversy and the two reacts and all this sort of stuff, they're missing the forest for the trees. This is, it's an incredible framework. It's, it's going to get ex- a lot more performant with react forget. It's yeah. The RSC stuff is unprecedented. It's, it's just, a, it's, it's fascinating times and it's a, a super powerful system and, and an ecosystem to be involved with. All right. Well, I think that brings us time. Thank you so much, guys, for showing up. I really appreciate that. Our little po- our little podcast is so blessed to have you here. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for Thank having us. Thank you for, for hosting this conversation. It yeah, was thanks. really good to hear directly from the React and React Native, uh, well, I don't want to say inner circle, but the people <laughs> at the core of the, uh, the great presentations that are coming up at ReactConf. Uh, what we have to look forward to in React's near future. Big time. All right. All right. See you next time.